millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Sweet song. against a good Sunderland side but it wasn't the prettiest of viewings there's still plenty of work for Lee Bowyer and co to do welcome to Charlton Live So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. Uh, my name is uh, Louis Mendez. We'll be looking back at yesterday's goal of straw uh, with Sunderland at the Valley on this week's pod. Joining me to do that, we've got uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lewis? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Have you had a, had a good weekend? Enjoyed the game yesterday? Well, I, I think the term enjoy could be used fairly <laughs> loosely, but I watched the game yesterday. Yeah. Whether I enjoyed it or not, I'm not yeah. too sure. Well, but on we, paper, good point. We all experienced the game yesterday. That's, exactly, that, that's, that's exactly that. That's the best that. way of describing it. Yeah, we all lived through it. <laughs> exactly. uh, another, another man who, who shared that experience with us, of course, is Mark Newbury. First point of the season for Mark. How are you doing, Mark? I'm okay. I feel slightly better about the game today than I did yesterday. So, you know, I think there's a few more positives. 
That's because you had to watch it yesterday. So now you've had a, a day clear of it. <laughs> so it's true, until yes. right now when you have to think about it. So on uh, on tonight's show, we will be discussing uh, that game uh, with Sunderland. We'll hear the highlights shortly. We'll hear Lee Bowyer's reaction to it and uh, the reaction of stopper uh, Ben Amos, who Lee Bowyer praised after uh, the game for his performance. We might hear a little bit from uh, Thomas Sangar's guitar uh, later on, but we've got a couple of discussion points as well. I've asked uh, for, the view- for the listeners to let me know what they made of the uh, performance against Sunderland and uh, what they think is a realistic target this season now who who knows what they'll say but there, there's quite an in-depth discussion I think we're going to have uh, later on so just before we hear the highlights Lewis um it wasn't classic and it, it, if we're being honest it wasn't a very good performance from us ov- overall so I, I was very pleased to actually get away with a point after that what, what, what did you make of it yeah I'd have to agree with you I think um we looked sloppy we didn't really create anything going forward I think we were lucky to go in um, at half-time without being behind, if I'm being honest. Um, they had plenty of chances, Sunderland, but their finishing was pretty bad. And I think we were we can count ourselves fairly lucky that they weren't that great either. But I do kind of feel like we. I was maybe expecting Sunderland to turn up yesterday and give us, not a hiding, but to, to really, really test us. And I'm quite disappointed because I, I didn't really think that they were that good. And I think that given that and that their performance wasn't amazing that maybe they not that they were there for the taking but we probably could have got more out of the game especially when they went down to 10 men but I was I was fairly disappointed I, I we looked better when Chucks came on I thought it, it's good to have him back in and around it but that first half for me was was real poor viewing and I know Bo will hear from him later but I'm, I know he wasn't overly impressed with it and you know we've we've said before we kind of have to take each performance at the moment with a pinch of salt because we know that we're not the finished article yet but on paper, the point is great um, because I don't think any of us were really expecting to get away with it um, yesterday. So I'll take a point and hopefully at the end of this international break, we'll be we'll be looking at a slightly different Charlton. Yeah, I, I guess, Mark, we're, we're, we're probably in the situation currently where we need to be just plodding along and picking up as many points as we can until we get a team that's ready to really make its mark at the end of the transfer window. You know, where, where we are at the end of the transfer window will we'll tell us probably what we can expect this season. Yeah, totally. I think Lewis hit the nail on the head when he said lucky because I thought we could have been 3-0 down at half-time. If it wasn't for Amos and a couple of embarrassing non-finishes from their side and, you know, it'd all be even more despondent. I mean, we dug in. You know, I think there are positives to come from yesterday. Um, Not many, but there are a few. And you're right, I think at the end of the um, window, we see who's, who's here, who's still here. Um, I don't know if anyone else is going to be going out. You know, possibly a few of the kids will go out on loan. Um, I mean, we know where we need to strengthen. Simple as that. It's just whether we can pick up any kind of quality players in those positions. Excellent stuff. Right then, let's have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's game. Thomas Sangard did actually join uh, for the first part of the game. Our commentators over on Valley Pass, Greg Stubbley and Terry left Smith. Left centre goes uh, wide to Ben Watson on the left side. It's going to go back inside to Perrington. He's just got Graham closing in, so use his fan work. Ball upfield to Bennings. I'm not entirely sure if that's a firework display from somewhere. The, the fireworks are welcoming your arrival, Mr. Sangard, I believe. <laughs> Is that really it? I think that's the case, yeah. Oh my God, that's a lot of fireworks. Well, it's further on that uh, touchline is O'Neill coming past or trying to go past Doty. Well, that's a soft challenge, that uh, soft free kick he's been given there, but the referee waves play on into Graham. Great save by Amos. Super save by Ben Amos. Graham was in the six-yard box and it needed the save and got it. As uh, Charlton cleared the line. A group of players on the penalty spot. 
which looked like a Sean Hands black cat. Like an American huddle uh, at the moment. It's a corner swung in by O'Brien. Decent looking delivery. It's a header. Oh, oh what great a save. save what from a save. Ben Amos. I think the header was from Flanagan. Amos diving to his right. That's an outstanding save. Washington wasn't quite ready, and Sunderland are able to clear up towards O'Brien. It's a good touch. Graham gets a bit lucky. Now O'Brien trying to find Graham again. Cut out by Aki Fanwai. And now O'Brien shooting chance. Goes for it. Saved by Amos. Comes down to Graham. Great block by Watson. Graham again. Great block this time by Venins. Charm with some desperate defending. Clear it away. Well, you've got to give a, cre a huge credit to the John Bettline. And ball down the line. It's good football. Looking for Scowen. He's got Venins for company. Ball in the box is a decent one. And that should be a goal. Oh, Graham, who has somehow, oh. from three or four yards out, smacked it. And it's actually gone into the north upper. It's gone into the top of the cover in that shot. <laughs> That's how poor it was. That had, uh, that had that was goal all day long, wasn't it? To Scowen. Ball in the box is oh, dangerous again that. and again. Prattley with the intervention. And before Sunderland oh. can take the corner, the half-time whistle blows. That won't go down well with the Sunderland bench. <laughs> They're blowing just as they get a corner, but uh, Amos will grab it comfortably for Charlton and looks to in release it instantly. And EK will challenge for this. Can he get anything on it? Well, it's gone backwards from the header from right, and it's oh, it's into Washington who got taken out by right. Is it? A, it's an accidental challenge. I don't know if she knows that, but it'd be interesting to see what colour it is. Is that? Is that red? I couldn't see. Is he just given? Is it Flanagan? He's given the red card to. I couldn't see the colour of the cartel. <laughs> I'm sure it's red. I couldn't see. Yeah, so he's been sent off. So it wasn't the challenge from right. It's sending off, yeah, last man. Yeah, so it's sort of confusion here because we couldn't see the colour of the car from where we're sitting. But yeah, Flanagan has sent off a huge boost for John. Straight away an EK, straight in, headed down the line. And honest, Washington gets the ball first, and I think he just gets clipped by Flanagan. I assumed it was right because it was right who went to ground. But it must have been Flanagan. Flanagan has been shown the red card. This is a little touch coming up here. No, it's Madison. Swings it in. It's a deep one. Oh, shall I, uh, Chucks is there. He heads it backwards across, and Watson can't meet the crossing header. Ledbetter sends it forward. Amos thought about coming and choosing. Wyke with the header. It's straight up in the air, and then headed in by O'Neill. Oh, that's oh, a superb header. diving header away by Madison. That's outstanding. I mean, he got the foul anyway. He gets the foul anyway, but it's superb defending by Madison. That'll give him confidence. And he takes the ball again and then uh, rides another challenge, but that's uh, the final whistle. It uh, ends here all square, and it's one of those that, uh, if, you'd have, if you'd have said it could finish nil-nil after the first, I don't know, 50 minutes of the game, we'd have probably said, actually, we'll probably take that. But after Sunderland going down and Charlton having the majority of the possession and chances uh, going into the last sort of 20 minutes, maybe the Alex will be a little bit disappointed by not getting all three. There we go then, that's the highlights, if, if you want to call them that, of, uh, of the game yesterday. Uh, the fact I had to include the clip of fireworks being uh, let off outside the ground shows you what sort of game it was really. Not, not one that you're going to remember through the ages, but we got away with a point in the end and I, I guess that's the most important thing to take out of yesterday, Lewis, because I don't think there were too many more positives than that to take. Maybe the emergence of Chucks and EK in, in the second half and obviously the, the, the brief cameo of a, of a debut for Marcus Madison. Yeah, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head, really. I think the the positives were fairly minimal from that game. And uh, as, as I said earlier on, really, we're kind of not clutching at straws, but we've got a lot to sort of look forward to after this opening patch because, you know, we've we've said so many times on the show over the last couple of weeks that we are sort of two to three weeks behind everybody in the division. And with these 
extra two weeks that we're going to get now for the international break, well, the week off that we're going to have, if you like, is is going to be sort of key for preparation. But even then, we're probably not going to be fully up to speed. Um, so with that in mind, you know, the, the performances, I thought I thought the, fir- the first performance of the season, we I was quite impressed with us up at, up at Crewe. But since then, it has kind of tailed off and we, we was disappointing at home to Donny and we were disappointing last week at Lincoln. And yesterday... We just sort of look nervy on the ball, which is something I'm not used to seeing. Like I, I always see us like looking comfortable in possession, and whether that's because the caliber of maybe midfielder we've had in the past or over these last couple of years, um, we're not seeing that at the moment. I think that we look lightweight in midfield, bar the uh, the, the signing of Watson, who's again he's not going to be fully match up yet, and the fact that we're probably keeping our most physical midfielder at playing him out of position at the moment because of the lack of defensive options in Darren Prattley, we're not quite seeing the ball retention that we're used to in, in midfield. And I think that's really affecting us because we, we try and go forward, but we, we kind of like push our way up the field with these panicky passes and some of the touches off of these passes and stuff, it kind of leaves us quite vulnerable and we just don't really look like scoring at the moment. Um, but, you know, it, with us, we kind of start from the back and, and at the moment we're just, we kind of got a, a decent set of defensive options, albeit definitely missing a few uh, centre-half options. And obviously, Piercy being out doesn't help. But in that midfield there, you know, once once we can maybe sort of buffer the defence and get Prattley moved into midfield alongside people like Ben Watson, maybe a couple of other signings as well. I think we kind of need to bolster in that area because at the moment, we just we just don't look comfortable on the ball. And with that being the case, once by the time it gets up to Connor Washington or whoever's up front at in the in the starting eleven at the time, we they have really kind of sort of running on empty or sort of chewing off fat. There's nothing really to to cling on to um, and to try and create anything. And that that's been our sort of Achilles heel so far this season. Like the chances we do create are kind of sort of few and far between. But when we do create them, we still can't score. Yeah, certainly frustrating. I think you you mentioned our, our shortness at, at the back as well. I think that was highlighted by the fact that we had Ben Perrington playing in the middle of a of a back three as the game started. Obviously, Bo did but did start to change things up sort of midway through that first half. But it was Sunderland who had all the opportunities, and it's Ben Amos we we, we have to thank for that point. Uh, made made a number of good saves, in particular the uh, the the header from Bailey Wright uh, from the corner where he dived to his right hand side to to keep it out. And I guess you know if we are talking positives. Mark, you know, we, we didn't look like scoring, but at the same time, we we kept our, our second clean sheet of the season. And they, you know, considering how we have defended over the, the course of the last few weeks, obviously it was, thankfully, in part to some poor finishing, particularly from, from Danny Graham. But, you know, you, you've got to take whatever you can get at, at this stage of the season. Yeah, totally. I mean, we know Amos is a good keeper. He was a good keeper when he was, you know, in the sticks for us before. And I, I've got no qualms with him being our number one. Um, I actually thought Perrington did well, and I, it was my first time seeing the um, Maloney guy from Norwich, and I thought actually he looked tasty. You know, put put some tackles in because it's a decent passer. Unfortunately, sort of the rest of the um, back five or three, it just you know it was giving Sunderland the opportunity to push forward and put some pressure on us. Um, and so when Boyer changed to like the diamond. You thought so. Okay, then he's going to be a bit tighter in midfield, and it just wasn't. It was just coming back to, too fast. Um, I I know it's 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 wrong to criticise, and it's not the kind of criticism which you've seen online and people have been stupid about. But you've got to look and think yourself. Well, I I just don't understand the logic 
of 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 what he did there. I'm thinking to negate Sunderland's attacking threat because all we did would give them more options. And you know, like I say, if they finished properly, we'd have been three 0 down at half time, and we'd been looking at sort of like trying to recover something from that. And I felt sorry for Washington up front. I, you know, he he tried, but no service and nothing was sticking to him, and it wasn't getting to him fast enough. Behind him, Aussie and um, uh, Doherty, you know, they weren't seeing the ball, you know, far enough, and so it was just coming back in waves and waves and waves. And Watson, Pradley, it's you know, we know what they do well, and they just weren't given the opportunities to do it because they were just defending too much. I mean, it does did seem almost like in a training when it's attack versus defence, and you're just told right, just stop them from scoring. You know, we got a point. You know. It's not all doom and gloom, and we will be better in two weeks' time with another, optimistically, another four players in the squad, and you know we'll take it from there. So, yeah, so it is certainly a case of we're still in this at this stage in our in our uh, progression. You know, the, the takeovers only happened what eight nine days ago so we, we do we do have to be patient and you know Lee Bay remains confident that, that he'll he'll get uh the players in and, and certainly get some of them fitter as well because you know we saw in that second half Lewis I, I think chances sort of dried up for both sides really in the second period um some of them really had, had a long shot and one ball into the area uh that, that we dealt with other than that you know Charlton didn't look like scoring unfortunately um and EK did make a difference as we said on his return from from COVID-19 and uh, Madison coming on late. Johnny Williams again didn't do didn't do much at all, which which was frustrating. And, and you can see you can see where we're clearly lacking, and and, and that's something that's going to have to be addressed over over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sorry, Tom Wallin in advance. He's probably going to text me um, all sorts of dogs abuse when I say this, but I, I really wasn't impressed with Johnny yesterday, and it, and it's frustrating because. We know what he can do because we've seen him do it so many times. And, and even last season in the championship, you know, in the league above, we know what he can do and how dangerous he can be. And what I'm seeing in Johnny at the moment, it's almost like he picks the ball up and where usually he would drive forward. And even if he's drawing a foul, he would still drive forward and be a lot more creative and, and make things happen. But at the moment, it, it almost seems like once he gets the ball, he, he travels maybe, a you know, five yards or whatever. And then he just kind of like the brakes go on and he, goes backwards or sideways it's, it's kind of like there's something stopping him from from progressing forward and I, I don't know what it is something something's just not clicking with him at the moment and maybe this international break's going to come at a good time for him I'd like him to go go away with Wales and maybe get some minutes uh, touch wood he doesn't get injured but go away with Wales and, and get some minutes and maybe get a decent performance or two in with them I know they're playing England so don't want him to have too great of a game but I'd like him to have you know, get get there, get maybe get a bit of confidence up and come back to us and ready to kick on, not just personally, but also with maybe some reinforcements around him that will maybe take some of that burden off because we've we rely heavily on certain players and we have done even last season, you know, with the, the likes of Lyle and and this season again when Johnny extended his stay and decided to stay on, you know, despite everything that was going on at the time. I was, you know, it was I was ecstatic like everybody was and there's a player in there and a really, really special player at that, but something needs to happen to try and sort of prize that player back out again because at the I moment something with him is not clicking. We have to be realistic though, Lewis, about 
the, the reason Johnny Williams probably extended his stay is I don't think he would have got a better deal elsewhere. And I, I think I think that that sort of speaks to to how he's been playing over the last few the, the last few months, Lou. And, and like you know, I, I was pleased he stayed because we do know he's got the ability. But if we're realistic, it's because he didn't have a chance to go elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I would I would also agree on that. I I do think his options would have been limited. But I do. I think there's a championship player in there, and it's like we've seen it a lot before. And even before he was at Charlton, if anyone that had seen him in Sunderland till I die, they know that he's you know he's not the most confident of of players. He's he's quite a quiet, quiet lad. He's had some struggles, you know, mental health off the pitch and everything. Um, he almost needs an arm around him, and I, and I know that Boyer and Jacko will, will do that for him. Um, and I just hope that he does refind his form because. In, a, in that midfield, once they're all fit and up to speed, you know, having the likes of the options of having Johnny Williams, Marcus Madison, Aaron Otsuma on a on a good day as well can be, you know, a fantastic player for this football club with the defensive duties being covered by the likes of Darren Prattley and Ben Watson. There's, there's chances in that batch of midfielders to be created for a striker that can put them away. And I think that's going to be important going forward. Uh, and we need to really build on that big time. I think the the key now to get these players in, as Mark said there, realistically, we're going to want, you know, he, he says four. I think we, we need more than that. It's just being realistic with how many you can get over the line. But have if we can get a decent set of reinforcements in, and now that we have maybe the backing power of, of Thomas as well and some funds to play with um, that we can use within the salary cap, I think that we've got an opportunity to bring in a decent squad now. Um it's just getting that team to gel, you know, four weeks later than everybody else has had. But I've, I, you know, I'm disappointed about yesterday because the football was was so poor um, on the pitch overall. Not just really from our side, it, it kind of made for poor viewing, and that that naturally made it feel like a worse result than it actually was. Um, I think I won't take too much away from yesterday, and I think I'll just maybe judge us in in a month's time once we've the windows closed and we've had some you know some time to work with what we've got and whoever we do eventually bring in. I think. We've we've got to rely heavily on reinforcements, and when they come in, they've got to be the right people and the the squad players that can really drive this team forward. Because we are already behind the pack, and if we want to be in with a realistic chance of making the top six, then we've got to play catch up very quickly. Mm. I don't think Sunderland could have any real complaints about the red card to Tom Flanagan, who doesn't always have the best of times against Charlton. Uh, it was his leg that deflected Patrick Bowers' winner in at Wembley uh, back in 2019. Red card for a challenge on Connor Washington. It did show the difference that, that Chooks made when he came on because he actually won a header. Uh, and for the first time, Washington managed to turn the, turn the defence and, and was through on goal and was taken out a clear red card. Um, I've, I've, one of the questions I wondered if people might be asking is, I wonder if we miss Macaulay Bond yesterday you know he got his, his goal in the uh, on, on his debut for QPR in the, in the 96th minute or, or whatever up at Hillsborough against Sheffield Wednesday but uh, looking at that game I don't think where Macaulay would have made any difference in that because it was so rare to actually see us get beyond and uh, that that back four and, and get balls into the penalty area I don't I don't think that we really missed him yesterday I don't think that's quite where our problems were yesterday Um, well, no. See, I I think we, if McCauley had been there, we'd have been playing two up, which which changes the whole outlook of a game. And you know, his work rate. I know there's a lot of people, you know, glad to see him go. I know I hope he does well um, at QPR. I think you know we've uh, got a lot of money out of it. Um, I think that a mistake we we had yesterday. I think if we'd gone with two up, 
I mean, okay, Chucks might have not been fit to start from the beginning, but I think if we had gone with um, Davison, who's always, you know, a willing runner, has got some physicality he, he, about him. He was out yesterday as well, though. I think, I think he, he must have been injured. injured. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he, he uh, took a knock in, in, the trof- in the EFL trophy game, so I'm assuming he was injured. And I do think it is, again, coming back to that, that lack of options that hopefully will be we'll be dealing with, you know, I, I'm fairly confident, for example, Bowyer didn't want to have to play Ben Perriton at centre-half, but it just shows where where we are as as a team at, at, at the moment, I guess, Mark. Was, I don't know, was Jake injured as well, do we know? Uh, out of favour, I think. Oh, see, that's that's another one, I, I thought myself, because we, we missed, because he's quite good at driving forward, and I thought with the midfield we had, they weren't, Watson's never going to be your box-to-box midfielder. He wants to be the general in the centre circle and command. And Venin's alongside him, I thought, did pretty well. Um, the Man City lad, uh, Levitt, um, I wasn't overly impressed with because I thought to myself, it's strange to see how Bowyer's going to deal with that because I think, you know, he, he came out and he, he clattered... Albie Morgan for not doing things, you know, publicly and said, you know, should have done this, should have done that. Yesterday, I think this Levitt had, had made quite a few mistakes with his passing and, you know, there's nothing said. Possibly he's that kind of player. Bowie will say to him privately and say, look, this is what you've got to do. You know, and he's not, he doesn't think that'll work better with him. I think options in midfield yesterday, they were limited. And I agree with Lewis. I think Johnny didn't um, do anything when he came on and... I can understand swapping him from Otsuma, who who disappeared in the first half. But, again, we'll see in two weeks, see what options we are. Yeah, I probably do need more than four. I I suppose, looking at where we are, optimistically, I'm thinking if four come in, that will probably be enough. But hoping that Pierce comes back from an injury, you know, looking at another centre-back, definitely need a right-back, possibly another winger. And... You know, that's definitely a striker. So we'll see. Yeah, prob- probably two strikers, I guess. Now that um, now that McCauley's gone, right? Let's have a listen then to what Lee Bowyer made of uh, yesterday's game. Uh, he came to speak to us via Zoom after the goalless draw with Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think a point against a strong Sunderland side. That I think they'll be up there at the end of the season. They've got some good players in that side and good experience some good legs they're, they're better than when we played them before um, so yeah and, and the situation with us and the state our squad's in at the moment then I think it's a good point I guess we, we, we probably saw at times today obviously that, that there's still a bit of work to be, to be done in, in terms of adding, adding bodies into it um, you started with a bit of a, a makeshift back three as well with, with Ben Perrington at centre-back, but you changed things up after. I mean, what, what, what did you make of, of, of your team's display overall? Um, not good enough, because that's not, not what I'm used to seeing. Uh, I think we looked nervy in possession at times, a lot of the time. And we give the ball away far too much, far too much. That's, that's not like us at all when we didn't, I felt that they was a lot better than us first half. They was braver um, in possession. They, they, it was it was a battle in the first part where who could get their, their outside centre halves to to be brave and step in, and um, they they won that battle. But then changed it and tried to 
put Alfie up top as a second striker to prevent that from happening and to have that extra presence up top. And even then, we had an extra body in midfield and we, we didn't capitalise on it. So, uh, so, yeah, we kept giving the ball away too much. That's why. And a, a fantastic save from uh, from Ben Amos on the corner, and a, a couple of last ditch blocks in that in that first half as well that, that kept the clean sheet. And I guess those are the the fighting qualities that you wanted to see from your side at least. That's a given. Like that's that's the least that, that everyone should do. Even Madison, like in the last seconds there, he was on the far post and cleared the header. Probably not normally in a position where they would not naturally be in, but you know, I think um, I just thanked him for that point today because he he's the reason why we we got a point. I thought we made some great saves, um, and Watson dived in front of a few. We're low on bodies, you know, and to play Ben Watson for ninety minutes there after sixty minutes on Wednesday, like that's going to be much much better for us in the long run. Now, like by the time we come back. We know he can play 90. Is he still rusty? Yeah, of course he is. Madison, when he came on, is he rusty? Yeah. Because when he gets the balls in that position, he picks people out. Uh, so, yeah, our delivery on set pieces was poor today as well. There's a lot of things that I wasn't really happy with, but at the end of the day, to take a point against a strong, strong Sunderland side, I um, can't really grumble too much. I'm not happy, but I'm happy. And um, obviously, with, with Madison not having playing, played football for, for six months, I don't think anyone was expecting to see him for, for much longer than he was. But I guess you're hoping after the, the well, our international break now, you'll be able to, to really show us what, what he can do because he comes with a, a, a very good pedigree in this division. Yeah, it's going to take him time. Even these two weeks ain't going to be long enough to get him up to speed. Um, it will help, but it, it, we ain't going to get him up to speed in two weeks. He's had no pre-season. So if you think in a normal pre-season, you have five weeks or four weeks and um, and you play five games in that and you build your minutes up. So he's a long way behind everyone else's is fitness-wise. But yeah, I thought I'd just drop him on the last 10 minutes and see if he can just pull a bit of magic out. But as you see, he's a little bit rusty. So uh, yeah, but he will get better for us and he, he will do what he does. Just finally for me then, obviously with Ipswich off next week, you'll have a chance to continue your hard work with the signings. Obviously need to replace Macca, who I see has just scored for QPR in the last minute. So that's a good debut for him. But you'll have your work cut out for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. We've got to get bodies in. Uh, but we're all aware of it and we're all working hard behind the scenes. So um, by the time we play next, then hopefully we've got a, a few more through the door. Um, I guess that's the sort of game where uh, you said before with, a, with the squad situation and up to the point where Chucks came on and, and they went down to 10 men, you'd have probably, uh, you'd have probably taken a point and, and, and a nil-nil would have been happy with it. Were you slightly less happy after they went down to 10 men you thought we might be able to nick it? Yeah, because I think that we got into some good positions once they went down to 10 men. Let's not forget, listen, if you don't bring him down, he probably goes and scores. So... Um, so in a way, I'm like thinking, okay, positive thing they got down to ten men, but negative he was one, he was through one on one with a goalie, wasn't he? So, uh, but yeah, he, there were some good things and bad things today, and I'll try and look at the good things. Ben Amos was excellent. Um, got 90 minutes into Ben Watson. Harry played that game. He's 
beyond me uh, to last 90 minutes. But yeah, there's, there's a lot we've got to work on. So we've got to work on a lot of things and keep trying to improve and close that gap. I know you only gave uh, Marcus uh, a few minutes for obvious reasons, but uh, even even with those few minutes, his uh, his introduction wasn't wasn't too bad. Free kick uh, almost uh, came with a goal, with Chucks getting on the end of it, and uh, and then the as you mentioned earlier, the last minute header, uh, not quite off the line, but not far off it. I mean, uh, if that's what we can look forward to when he's fit, it's not uh, not too bad. No, no, no. He, will, he will improve once he gets fitter. He'll, uh... It get better and better. Just a little bit of rustiness, I thought, there because a couple of times he skipped inside and, and me watching his clips, he puts this delivery and, and the, as a striker, he just got to pull off the shoulder of the centre-half and, and then he puts it on the plate for you every time. So, But he, he under-hit him a couple of times, you know? So um, that's what's telling me, OK, you're a little bit rusty, which is, which is understandable. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting everyone up to speed and fitness-wise and Give us a few weeks and then we'll, um, we'll start challenging for real. Obviously, with uh, hopefully some new signings, Alex Gilby probably too far away, but would, uh, would Jason Pierce be, uh, you think, be back for, uh, for after the international break? Good question. I don't know. Um, he should have been training with us this week, but ended up having a, getting a slight calf strain. He hasn't even trained with me. Like he hasn't even come back for me, and he's broken down, which isn't good. So um, frustrating for me because I, I want everyone back as, as soon as he possibly can. So, uh, but Jason, hopefully, maybe I don't know how long he's going to be out for with this calf now. Hopefully, it's not too long. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlotte have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Guess it. Come on. 
What a time to be a hero! Here on Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Right. Welcome back to Charlton Live, uh, your Sunday evening podcast. Looking back at the goalless draw with Sunderland. We just heard there from the Addicts boss, uh, Lee Bowyer. Happy but not happy was his summing up of uh, of the game yesterday. Pleased with some things, but overall not 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 too impressed with the display that his side uh, turned out for him. Um, you know, he he, he knows he, he needs reinforcements. He knows the next few weeks are going to be big for him and I, I and I, I think that goes without saying really and uh, you know but the, the performance itself just wasn't good enough yesterday if, if we're being totally honest I did ask uh, for some listeners for their views uh, on yesterday's game Phil said happy with the result considering the rebuilding job uh, being undertaken later than necessary would say that we look a bit static and with the balls that Marcus Madison will put into the box early we need to start getting bodies in there and making runs in behind uh, Scott says that Amos was excellent uh, Fainway was man of the match for me trying not to be negative but it was a dreadful game to watch considering our midfield is supposed to be our strongest area it was very disappointing the amount of loose passes and the lack of creativity Mina says we need to drop Williams and Els Tuma as they are ineffective luxury start two up front uh, Washington and Davison give Chucks at least 30 minutes uh, as a sub uh, from 60 minutes onwards uh, play Watson or Prattley not both together play Vennings or Levitt not both together yesterday was a horror show uh, and we were lucky for Ch- Well, there's a few points in there actually Lewis from, from Mina so he's saying you know d- drop in Williams and Oztumer as he, he feels they could be a luxury but I guess you need at least one of them to do something you need them to be your creative spark and uh uh, I mean, let's talk. I mean, Mark, Mark's already spoke about Levitt, who, who again didn't have his best game yesterday. What about Vennings, obviously, on um, uh, the youngsters' full league debut for the side? What did you make of him? I was impressed with him. I thought uh, at the start he maybe looked slightly lightweight, but as, as the game went on, he definitely grew into it. I mean, I was I was quite impressed with with Vennings at the start of the season in the in the cup game at uh, Wimbledon. Um, yeah, I thought he played really well. He he also stood out a little bit last season. Obviously, he was in and around the picture, wasn't he? I think when we were when we had sort of West Brom at home, maybe around sort of January time, he was with the injuries we had before Cullen came back. He was kind of in and around the squad because we had so little option. Um, and maybe this season he'll now be looking to make that step up. And his performance yesterday wouldn't have done himself any harm whatsoever. I think that he he played with confidence. He chased balls down. He did the jobs he needed to. Um, but he is still young and he is going to be quite lightweight. Um, you know, he's, he was sort of not the boy quite easily a few times, but I think we've seen that he does it. He's quite, he's a quite a rough and ready player, which I like about him. So I think, you know, yesterday didn't do himself any harm whatsoever. Realistically, we're probably going to bring in some reinforcements in that area and he might not get as many minutes as, uh, as he, as he'd like to, but to be in and around the first team picture uh, this season was probably a target for him at the start of it. So to have got a start, you know, what three or four games into the season he's not not done bad at all and yeah I, th- I think Bo will give him a couple more opportunities this year and you know he might get a loan now that we've we're able to bring in reinforcements some of the young lads probably will get loans you know we mentioned Davison as well I think he could probably do with a season out at you know a league two club or something like that because he's he's got quite a few positives in terms of you know his strength and holding the ball up but maybe there are just a few things he needs to polish up on um, and a loan deal would work for him, where we've not been able to send the young lads out before because we've had to rely on them when the squad's been so short. Maybe now we're in that luxury position, or maybe in a couple of weeks we'll be in a luxury position where we can give the likes of of Josh and and Venins, you know, maybe some time away at a club, even you know, League Two or maybe maybe National League to go and get some 
some minutes uh, consistently throughout the season and then they'll come back and kick on with us the season after. Excellent stuff. Right, Sarah tweeted in saying, I found the game a bit boring. Do you think I'll get a refund? We desperately need a striker or two, that's for sure. Got a feeling uh, this is Dom. It's going to take time to get going this season. The remaining players from last year are several ones that didn't play a whole lot last season. So with that and lots of new arrivals, both match fitness and team chemistry will take time. Anyway, thank goodness for Ben Amos. Personally, this is from CFC. Personally, I think Ben Amos was the best player on the pitch yesterday. He saved us from losing. Marcus Madison impressed me for the minutes he played. I feel that Dylan Levitt wasn't great and Fameway was class. A lot more signings uh, and will be good. Yeah, a few people were pointing out they felt that Akin Fameway uh, looked, looked good yesterday and I, I agree with that. He does. He reads the game nicely and, uh, you know, as, as a defender, I'm sure he'll grow into it a bit more as well. Adam Biggs, uh, afternoon. Adam says, uh, let's hope that Charlton can get three points uh, on the table, but we do need to score more goals, just like we did at Wembley uh, that time. Yeah, I agree with you. Adam and Phil says it's uh, hard to believe that we are so far behind the top teams in this league. The first half was hard to watch. However, on the plus side, I thought Young Vennings looked confident and is one for the future. By the time we play Wigan, hopefully we'll have a completely different side. A new right back, centre back and two strikers are an absolute must. That's from Phil in Eltham. Cheers. Phil, uh, Tom said after watching yesterday's game, I was glad that we got a clean sheet. Ben Amos kept us in it uh, with some great saves. Danny Graham missed a great chance as well. Even when Sunderland went down to 10, we didn't do as much as I hoped. How we played, I was happy with the point in the end, but we really need to step it up. Uh, need players in. We had four shots and zero of them were on target. Yeah, it was not an impressive display uh, going forward for the Addicts yesterday. It was an impressive display, though, at the back. And uh, as I promised earlier, we're going to hear from uh, one of yesterday's uh, better players, Ben Amos, made a number of great saves uh, in the uh, in the first half. Didn't have too much to do in the second, but I think he did enough in that first half to cement himself as our player of the match. Um, obviously, it's been an interesting time for Ben Amos. He only played one game uh, throughout the entirety of last season, uh, which was the game we lost on penalties to Forest Green in the EFL Trophy in the EFL Cup right at the start of the season. Um, because of, uh, well, first of all, because Dylan Phillips came in and was ever present in the championship. He had a, a very good campaign and Ben also had a, a finger injury that kept him out of probably a couple of cup games in, in the middle of the campaign. Uh, but obviously with Dylan looking like he may or may not be off, but certainly not in the team at the moment because he's not signing uh, that new contract. It's Ben Amos who has... Uh, been given the well not the number one shirt but he's certainly be the, the man in between the posts for all the games in league and EFL Cup so far he was number two to Dylan Phillips last season though uh, and he, he told me yesterday he was surprised that he didn't get more game time last season um, well really I mean when I when I signed initially I, I in my head I expected to come and play um, obviously we, the Bows went with, with Dylan obviously you know what happened there Dylan did great so um I had my operation on my finger. That was sort of three months out, three, four months out. So, obviously, that was a, sort of a season to forget in terms of playing. But, uh, yeah, i just always been the same, come in, do my best every day. And, um, obviously, I want to get playing games now. It's a bit of a strange one with Dylan because, obviously, he's still here. We don't know whether bids will come in between now. And the end of the window, but I guess because you're the person who's currently in that in that starting position, it's up to you to, to keep him out now if, if he does end up staying here. And, and Ash as well, he's obviously a, a good young keeper as well. well that's it, yeah. There's a, it's, it's always the same in football. There's no guarantees. You've got to do the business, and uh, and yeah, that's all I'm sort of concentrating on now. Just doing my best, and uh, you know, don't worry about all the other background stuff. Uh, 
yeah, just do my best. That's Ben Amos then speaking after his uh, performance in the game against Sunderland yesterday. And it's, it's just a brief clip, and you can you can get the full uh, interview uh, on the various South London Press websites and the club website and whatnot on the, on Monday morning. Um, what what do you make of him, Mark? Obviously, he's he was very very good for us in his first season. Uh, missed basically the entirety of last season because of, of of Dylan Phillips basically and now he's come in and you know again it took him it took him a game last time I remember he let in a dodgy long-range goal at Plymouth quite early on in his first season here and it took him a couple of games to get into his stride but now I think we're starting to see the Ben Amos that, that we know and love from uh, from a couple of years ago yeah I mean we know he's a good shot stopper um, if his distribution you know is, is as equal or better than Dylan's, uh, we're going to be okay. I think you know. I think he's a, t- a top keeper. He's a championship keeper, without a doubt. Um, yeah, he was. I wouldn't say he was unlucky because Dylan was fantastic last season, and it leads to the, the puzzle. If no one comes in and picks up Dylan, is he going to then be start being on the bench instead of Maynard Brewer? Or is Bowie going to say, well, you know, you, you put your cards on the table, I'm going to do mine. Um, I've got no qualms with Amos as, as, as uh, number one, and I think he'll do a he'll, he'll keep more clean sheets than he lets in. I don't think he's got, he's got too many rickets in, and especially I think League One slightly a bit more forgiving as well as, as we've seen. You know, you get punished for further up the leagues you go if you make a mistake. Um, so I know I've got no qualms. I, I like Amos, and I think the saves he'd made. I think it was one game which people talk about and he was it's like he had eight arms and he's a, he's a good keeper to have and yeah he had an injury happens to a lot of players so you know you deal with that as it comes so and we'll see after you know the window shuts if D- Dylan's still around who's the number two keeper on the bench and take it from there yeah that, that, that's the question isn't it Lewis if Dylan doesn't go I know I think we heard that Bournemouth were interested a couple of other sides so I think it was Blackburn and Middlesbrough both were interested, but then got other keepers. Apparently, Bournemouth might take him if they sell their their current goalkeeper. But if that doesn't happen, then all of a sudden Lee Bayer's got a decision to make again because a Dylan he's got Dylan Phillips who's going to be here at least until January. You know who probably still not in a situation. Well, he won't sign a new contract because of the wage cap we're under now. We won't be able to offer him a decent a decent wedge that that would want to keep him here. So would. Would uh, Dylan be on the bench, or w- would he come in, or, w- or would he just be left completely out of the squad with Ashley Maynard Brewer there to 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 be back up to Ben Amos? It's a it'll be a tough one for Lee Bayer to manage because he knows he's got two good goalkeepers there. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it would be a real shame if if Dylan's Charlton career was to end that way. Um, I'm surprised that nobody's taken him already um, because I to me, I mean, I had to do like a championship team of the season. Uh, at the end of the year last year and Dylan for me I, I put him in maybe a bit biased but ahead of most championship goalkeepers and we were a team that finished in the bottom three you know he week after week he turned out man of the match performances he won player of the year his attitude to come back in that league one season when you know we'd had the loan signing of Jed Steer then Jed went and then we signed Chris Maxwell and it was looking like Dylan was going to be number two again kept his spot performed and from then he's been ever present in the starting 11 and we've you know we've always fretted at any chance that he'd get injured and we wouldn't be able to play him because we've never had a good backup and especially last year with Amos being out as well so <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know really I think it's going to be really difficult for Lee to to judge it because 
ultimately, if he doesn't go in this window, as you say, the likelihood is he will go in January because we can't offer him anything. Will he play in that time? I don't know because I think it would be incredibly harsh on on, uh, on Ben Amos if he would take him out at the moment. I think he's he's not really put and he hasn't really put a foot wrong. He hasn't really done anything wrong. Um, and we know what Ben Amos can do once he's got a run of games under his belt. Ash was really impressive midweek in the in the trophy, uh, and he'll probably want to be in and around that first team pitcher now. He's been at the club for a while. You know, he's he's been in and around the squads when we've not had a backup keeper for a long time, maybe forcibly so. But I think that he'll be wanting to make the step up, even as a number two, just that experience of being there on a match day and training with with uh, with Ben and, and with Andy Marshall on a match day to be called upon if required. And if Dylan isn't going to sign a new deal, and you can't say you'd blame him if he didn't because of the salary cap and everything, as you say, we won't be able to offer him the deal he'll want, maybe long term. Then arguably he is going to go to the championship, but I don't think you could play him in that time because there'd be no re- no real point bringing him in now for you know three or four months to then have him drop out of the side in January if he gets his move to a championship club. I think I'll be surprised if he's still here when the window closes because I I think any championship club would be incredibly stupid to not take him on because I think he's a fantastic young prospect. He's a hard worker. He has a great attitude. He's vocal. You know, you don't get many goalkeeper captains and I think that he's got potential to captain a side one day. I've always said, I think we actually said a few weeks ago about leaders, how Dylan was uh, very vocal uh, from the box last season and we missed that at the moment. But I do think that we've probably seen the last of him in a Charlton shirt now, um, as much as it pains me to say, because I really do like Dylan. I've got a lot of respect for what he's done here and the attitude he's shown to get that number one jersey after the knockbacks he's had. Um, And if he does move on, I wish him all the best. Um, But, you know, it's a real shame the cap's in place because undoubtedly, I think now that Thomas is here, if we were able to offer him the contract that he wanted, it would just be down then to the player if he wanted to sacrifice, you know, another season maybe in League One, maybe another two seasons in League One, um, given that we're behind at the moment. Um, that would ultimately be down to the player, but at least we'd be able to offer him something to try and entice him to sign it. But with the cap in place, I just don't think that's going to be possible. Um, but I'm very thankful that we have got Ben Amos as an option because I think at this level, he's he's a great goalkeeper. And, and as I've said, with a run of games behind him, if he can be as good as he was last time out, then we've got a very good number one goalkeeper in our, uh, in our hands. Excellent stuff. Right, yeah, that wage cap is uh, the restriction that's going to make it difficult. That's going to form a big part of our next discussion after the break as we talk about Thomas Sangard coming in and what we hope as a club we can achieve over the course of this season. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Space on the right-hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left-footed finish. It was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper. It's crew Alexander Neil, Charlton Athletic 1. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live then. So one area that I thought would be really interesting to have a discussion about at the end of this week's pod and uh, put, put it out onto, on, on, onto Twitter and we've got loads, loads of, of tweets and messages about this sort of stuff. 
Um, so we we probably we won't get to them all because there's hundreds, but it, there's loads of there to form a discussion. Thanks to all of you who tweeted us at Charlton Live or sent emails as well. We'll, we'll get to a few of them certainly though. Uh, and that's about Thomas Sangard coming in, you know, money bag Sangard, who's you know as well as being quite an interesting character, and we'll hear why in a few seconds. Obviously, has the financial weight behind him that he could do something with this club, but because of the situation we're in, in terms of this. Of, of this salary cap that's now in league one and the fact we're so far behind other teams in terms of they've been able to do their business early on in the, in, in the window it's, it's going to make it very interesting and very difficult for us I think to, to catch up this season whatever happens from now on you know even with Thomas coming in but before before we discuss how difficult it's going to be let's just enjoy the fact that we've got an owner who can do this Now, you can't imagine many owners whipping out their axe, Mark, and just smashing out Valley Floyd Road just on a whim because that's the sort of cool dude we have as an owner now. Now, you know, it's an interesting one, but and we'll come to a tweet in a second that's raised a few eyebrows. But, I mean, in terms of a character, I mean, obviously what he does on the pitch is going to be important, but I've got a feeling yet again at the Valley, it's not going to be boring over the next few months. Well, I mean, I did say earlier on Twitter that if you look up the definition of cool in a dictionary, you will just see his picture. Um, just next to my one, yeah. No, that's under another C. Um, no. <laughs> ah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, <laughs> go, on, go on, Mark. <laughs> Mark's so, not show this one. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I forget the second part of the question there. It made me laugh too much. Um <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is cool though it's, it's going to be it's going to be a fun ride isn't it mark oh yeah <laughs> uh, no it is um and it's it's funny because I, I i actually think the salary caps are a good thing i think it's a good thing for football because it was just getting stupid we're being a bit hampered by it um and i think the other thing i was going to say is that if you saw the photo from the other day of him with a cup of coffee in his hand with um gallon and boya and the smile on Lee Bowyer's face was just a, a beautiful thing. Um, I'm thinking that's a smile for every single fan who has protested, who has thrown a pig, who has stood outside and chanted, who's gone to Belgium, who's gone to Manchester, um, turned up. You know, anyone who's worn a scarf, who's done something to, to a protest. And you think to yourself... We've gone through so much. That smile which Bowyer had was thinking he deserves it because he's had ample opportunity to to leave and no one would have even gone, you know, why aren't you showing loyalty? Everyone would have gone, most people have gone, wow, you're almost crazy for staying under the last, I was going to say eight months, but I was going to say the last five years. 
of what he's gone through as a manager. Okay, he's not been here for the last five years, but you know, you understand where I'm coming from. And it's it's that moment where you see, which was captured, and you're thinking to yourself, there's certain things which are iconic. And Boya looks, he's, got, he's probably, you know, he's got a spring in his step. He's, he's going to get that enthusiasm. He's going to get the players who he knows. Him and Gallon, you know, right, this guy, who could, we can get on a lower a wage because we are you know not hamstrung as such we're under the same restrictions as everyone else who wants to get someone now yeah, yeah. a lot of clubs the, have... the, the, the issue with that is and, and i agree 100 percent. obviously it's the same for everyone from now on but the, the the problem we have this season in particular is that sunderland ipswich peterborough um doncaster have done all their business before that wage cap came in so i mean we got washington and gilby before it came in so we, we've managed to get a couple of bigger bigger costing larger wage players but we haven't been able to do what they've done in terms of building their teams and 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 adding those sort of players in in, into our side before the 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 cap came in and that and that's where that's where I'm wondering and why I wanted to have this this conversation on the pod this week about do we need to temper our expectations because of that because like as we we're, we're miles behind everyone else you know I think we have to agree that in terms of fitness, in terms of the players that have come in, and in terms of the players we've been able to spend big money on uh, and now won't be able to because of the wage cap. So that's why I wanted to to have this conversation on the pod. Although I do want to read out a tweet about Thomas himself first up because, you know, I I played that that clip of him him, uh, smashing out Valley Floyd Road on his guitar and it was quite cool and it was quite fun. And he is quite eccentric and he he is very much in your face. He's all over Twitter. He's on every single radio station going. You know, he's been very enthusiastic about that sort of stuff and you know people will be because we've been burnt before they will be slightly nervous about that um but at the same time you know i i don't think it, i don't think it's it's uh it, it's been too bad a start but we had this tweet in from from paul glover one of our own actually and he says anyone else not yet convinced by thomas i want actions not words or am i being unfair i love the fact he appears to be buying into charlton my concern is is that he loves the limelight too much i prefer an owner who quietly goes about his business. Now, I mean, first of all, Paul, he has, there have been actions, you know, there's been players that have come in the, uh, the lifting of the, the transfer embargo. And also Lewis, obviously he got the deal done in the first place, which was by no means feet. My no, like, it was not an easy deal to get done. So, I mean, do, do you think glove pop? I mean, you can understand reservations and, you know, I, when, when I shared that thing, um, of him playing his guitar, there there was one or two people going, "Come on, man, this is a bit much." So a lot of people were enjoying it, which I think I was I was on that side as well. But you understand where Glove Pop's coming from, but you know, he he hopefully as, as the next few weeks and months go on, that that fear he has will, will just fade away. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I I do in turn, you know, I think with what Paul's saying. We've, like you say, we've had our hands burned so many times with, with previous ownerships and regimes that we are bound to be slightly nervous. But at the same time, Thomas is really the only one that's actually pursued it to such a point. You know, he, he hired some of the best lawyers that you can get to try and get this deal done, and he succeeded despite everything that was going on off the pitch. You know, all of the disappointment we had when that verdict came in that there was an appeal and we felt like we were going to be delayed. He still pursued and pursued, and he got the deal done, and here we are. And in, and in Week one, we've had Ben Watson sign, we've had Marcus Madison sign, and we've had Akin Famwe sign on loan. We've got other players lined up ready to go. We've had some stability in terms of the finances. There was something that, um, that Rick Everett put out about 
um, like a mortgage almost over the club that had been released from Starpre and Roland. So that's another positive, a bit of tidying up. And also, like, yes, we want results, but these things aren't going to happen overnight. Our football club has been neglected for nearly seven years, just shy of seven years, from Roland through to Tanoon and Matt, through to Paul Elliott, Chris Farnell, whatever, what, you know, who, what other characters were involved. It's been neglected big time. <laughs> I, think those, I think some of those other characters can be found next to my picture on that letter C in the dictionary. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, bang on. But it's, you know, these these. Things aren't going to untangle overnight. And this and the football club was extremely neglected. You know, the fans were completely alienated. We our attendances dropped to like record lows and boot and then Boya comes in and, and we start seeing the light. And that was even under Roland de Chatelet. And then the optimism up of ESI at the start obviously was there because we'd have we'd had however long of neglect with, with Roland, about five years then. And then that all fell apart very quickly because of the characters involved. And I just feel that Thomas is way more sincere and way more legitimate. And and everything that he's done so far is pointing in the right directions. He's already done way more than any other party has done leading up to this. He's done more than ESI. He's shown more openness. He's been open with fans. He's spoken to fan groups. He's done interviews on on the uh, club channels. He's spoken to, you know, spoken to yourself, spoke to Rich Corley fairly openly about what his intentions are. And I think, yes, maybe... It could be seen as he he likes the limelight a little bit, but he seems like just an, quite an excitable bloke that's purchased a football club. And, you know, is it maybe a bit much? Maybe for some people it is, but I'd give me that all day. As long as my football club has the financial stability it needs to survive, a competitive football team on the pitch, and the players and management staff that we we grow to love and, and you know, really get behind, they're like Lee Boyer, who's had so many things to deal with since he's been here are looked after and we can go to the valley each week when the lockdown lifts and and enjoy our football club talking about football purely than the stuff off the pitch i don't care if he stands in the middle of the center circle and does a does a guitar solo i don't i don't care like, as long as my football club is healthy and and i can still go every week and watch my football team and i can take future generations of my family to go and watch charlton athletic because we have a stable owner with financial stability and someone that actually cares then what is the odd guitar solo and, and cringeworthy moment? Like, I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you it'd, know, it'd, as long as we have Charlton, I don't see, really care. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he, you know, when, when we do go a month without a win and, and stuff like that, and, and he's the owner in, in a more difficult time and the honeymoon period is over, that's when I think we'll really see what he's like as a character. Uh, but certainly, you know, you, you can't blame someone for, for, for enjoying the limelight a little bit. You know, I, I understand people who want their owners behind the scenes, who want everyone behind the scenes, you know, but I don't think the world's quite like that anymore. I think the world of social media makes, from now, you you can imagine how we may have been a few years ago when we we were coming up in in the Premier League as a team. I imagine the owners were a lot more quiet, but it's it's a different day and age now. Um, A lot of people did respond to Glove Pup. You know, Jack Bennett, I think, put it perfectly. Obviously, there's a lot of insults in there, which is what Glove Pup deserves anyway. But um, Jack Bennett, just pointing out that in week one, he's made... He's made two permanent signings alone. He's got commercial deals in place, two promising uh, youth players signed on long-term deals. I can't see how you can say that has been no action. And that's, uh, I'd have to say, I do uh, agree uh, with, uh, with with that tweet there from uh, from Jack. And, uh, and I think Love Pup, you know, I, un- I understand, you know, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take the mick out of him, but I understand reservations because that that's, you know, what we've dealt with. We've, we've had to deal with, 
over the last few years, but that's where it is. Now, I did ask the question, as I said, what would be a realistic aim for our, us this season? Because, you know, with the new ownership in, we are miles behind other squads, though, to begin with. Norman says that a top 10 uh, with a slight outside chance of the playoffs, uh, depending on who we bring in uh, this January transfer window and then uh, promotion and next year. Laura says, I'd love promotion playoffs, but with what we've gone through in the last few years, I take a top half finish and then push on next year. Andy said it's an incredibly hard division to get out of even more so with the wage cap. We should be aiming though for playoffs at least. The longer we are here, the more talent we will lose and the more ordinary the replacements will be. Um, CFC Facts and Stats says we were supposedly days away from administration so if it means slowly building up the squad and staying in League One for one more season then so be it although the top six uh, would be excellent. Monty says I'd love for us to go up but realistically there's still a lot of work to be done. Sarah says it does depend on how many we bring in uh, over the course of the of the next couple of weeks. What do you reckon Mark then? You know I've give, given a few views there from others. What, what do you think is a realistic you know, and realism is what is is the the currency I'm trying to deal in here. You know, I want to finish top six. I want us to sign everyone and finish top two. But I'm trying I'm trying to gauge what could what could be a realistic position for us to finish this season in, considering where we are and where we've been so far in the summer. Well, first of all, if you want to be a realist, a realist is someone who says a month ago, if Sangard had said, you know what, this is actually too much trouble for me, I'm pulling out. We wouldn't be sat here now doing a podcast unless it was over the history of our club, which had been kicked out of the league. Um, so I've got everything. If he wants to play the guitar, he can come around and wake me up in the morning with it. I don't care. Um, he can do what he wants. Realistically for this season, I think top six, because I think we... I'd forgotten about we signed Gilby. Um, and you've... Him to come back... And I think, you know, like I say, I, like I said earlier, I trust Gallen, I trust Boya. They're going to put in the players who they think are going to complete that jigsaw puzzle. And you know that Boya's, you know, he's not going to let people get away with coasting. He'll be on them. And if we get into the, we're in the top six by the time it comes to the end of the season and the playoffs, I fancy us in the playoffs. Because I just think the experience we have from sort of like two seasons ago will will actually help us. Um, if fans are then back to watch it, it's even better. But I, I don't look at around this division and go, oh, they're scary, they're scary, they're scary. I mean, look, yesterday, Sunderland, a way better team, like I say, completed you know, their squad before us. And, you know, we got a point. OK, it might have been a lucky point. But did they have enough there to go, you know, they're an awesome team, they're going to actually batter everyone in this division? No, I, I didn't. And, you know, it's you always get this at the start of the season. You get one or two teams who go unbeaten three, four games and never think, oh, they're going to win. And then very rarely... You know, do they go on to do it for the whole season? Do you think Fleetwood are going to do it or Ipswich? You know, Ipswich have been knocking on the door for a couple of seasons to go back up. So they're going to be there. Sunderland, you know, ourselves, possibly Fleetwood. You know, one someone will sneak in like they always do and someone will drop out like they always do. So I, I think for us, top six, I'm, I'm happy to say I think we will be there in, a, in the end of the season. Yeah, I'm not sure about Fleetwood down in, down in the bottom three at the moment. Doncaster, maybe I could see being up there, and and you always you always fear someone like like Peterborough. But like I say, it's, it's early days. Um, the Sunderland we saw yesterday, we don't know if they're going to be better than that. You do expect they will be better than that, but they don't score. Their strikers, I don't think, are, are, have the best goal record 
uh, in this division, which which they'll be disappointed in. Right, we had a couple more uh, messages uh, that that came in uh, as as well. Steve Catley said that we need to aim to stick to the same formation for more than twenty minutes with enough players to play in their proper positions, create real chances, and score goals. Then maybe we'll see where we end up at the end of the season. Uh, Rusty says, I honestly believe that we could make the playoffs with a few key signings in the next two weeks. Uh, we have to sign two defenders and two strikers if we want to run at the playoff. I do believe it is doable, though it, I don't think it really is. It may, maybe it's evened things up, but I think at the moment in time, I, I definitely think there's there's teams who've been able to take advantage of it uh, when we haven't. I can see Danny's calling as well for the for the wage cap to be to be looked at. He says if a club you know like us has more money than someone like a Fleetwood or a, you know a Rochdale or a smaller team, then why shouldn't we be able to benefit? From that, if we're if we're a, a club that has a bigger support or something like that, it does it does feel uh, a, a little bit unfair. Anyway, right, I think we've run out of time uh, on this week's Charlton Live. Like I said, uh, thanks to everyone who sent in messages. We've got hundreds of them, um, and uh, so is, we're not going to be able to get to all of them this week. But I think there's been some some good chat there on uh, on, on social media as well. We've brought some of those tweets onto the show, so feel free to keep tweeting us as well. We'll uh, read them all anyway and, and maybe respond to a few on on our Twitter page. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, to this week's pod. We'll be back on... Uh, well, no, we won't be back on Thursday because it's an international break uh, now. Next week's Ipswich game has been postponed uh, due to our international call-up. So we'll be back a week on Thursday to look ahead to our first game back, which I believe is against Wigan Athletic at the Valley. So we'll be back then. We look forward to uh, uh, speaking to you guys. And then thank you to Mark and to Lewis for joining me this week. Cheers, yeah, mate. You're welcome. Good to have you both on. Thank you to Glovepot for causing an incredible amount of rage on Twitter in the last few minutes, but it did uh, pose an interesting discussion. Thanks to all of you who've sent in tweets and, and messages. Like I say, sorry we can't get to them all, uh, but we have read them all, and there's certainly some very good points in there. I've been Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you a week on Thursday. of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.